from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 143, from Springfield to Tatooine. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. What's up, kids? <laughs> Welcome back, Chuck. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Good to be back. Robert and I actually talked, I think it was a couple episodes ago, and we were trying to figure out the last episode you were on, and I think it was episode 125. 125, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you were in episode 138 as, like, recordings. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Glad to have you back. Glad to be back. Glad uh, to be back we for a lot more. Yeah, we both had the afternoon free, so we were like, hey, let's do, let's try to do something. Uh, we've tried to do stuff in the past, and stuff has fallen through sometimes. So, But, yeah, uh, one of the things that I think you and I are going to try to do is at least short episodes like this, uh, short in respective to some of our other episodes, where we cover some of the comic issues that... Yeah. that come out so yeah a little run and gun uh you know try to keep it to like an hour or less yeah yeah so what we're actually going to do in this episode uh much like uh travis and i did for the star wars issue number one is we're going to cover an issue that kind of is like a good jumping on point for whether whether it's like a relaunch of a title or the start of a new story that is kind of a big deal um, so what we did, what you and I are doing is we're jumping a little bit backwards, not a lot, but a little bit backwards to GI Joe number one, uh, done by Karen Travis and uh, Steve Kurth. Right. So, uh, this, you know, I had the interview with Karen Travis and there's been what, like, is it five issues now that's out? Uh, four. 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 Okay. Four. The new one might be coming out in our uh, box, but I only have four right now. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to cover, uh, issue number one and then we'll talk about issues two through four. Um, and then we'll probably also talk some other just GI Joe stuff in in general. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, I think you and myself and our buddy Sam are going to try to coordinate sometime in the future covering He-Man Eternity War number one. Oh yeah. That's, oh my God, that's such a great story. Yeah, it is. It's really great. So But before we jump into the fun of the episode, unfortunately, we did have some more sad news that occurred recently, and it it seems like this is just, it's one thing after another. I mean, we had Jeremy Dale pass away, and now we had someone that's uh, pretty well known in the Joe community, especially when it comes to collectors and and everything else, and it was a guy that was known as Gary Goggleshead, Um, and he was known by that nickname because he wore goggles on the top of his head all the time. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, he was 35 and he passed away recently of a heart attack, correct? I believe so. Uh, he had three kids and a wife 
and he was just very involved in the joke community. And I, I just want to make sure it's clear because there was some confusion with some people that I was communicating with uh, about it, that this is not Gary Godso from What's on Your no, Mind. No, not from What's on Your Mind. Yeah. No, it's not Gary Godso. Yeah. Uh, Gary Godso is still uh, pretty busy. Yeah. But this, uh, the guy's name was Gary Goggles, had Gary Head, um, uh, just Gary Goggles, what people knew him by, and he yeah. was a fixture in a Joe community, like you said. I had the opportunity to uh, chat with him through private message through his tank. I've been a long member there. And I had the opportunity to talk to him in JoeCon when it was in Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, so he sat down and showed me some of his prototypes he had brought there. And we talked Joe for, you know, like 30 minutes or so. You know, I'm not his best friend by any stretch of the imagination. No. But he was very knowledgeable. He was always polite. Uh, every time we spoke on uh, the His Tank, he was a uh, gyre viper. Yeah. That was his handle on His Tank. Um, and uh, all the information and all this stuff and all the outpouring of emotion that people will express on Facebook has been, you know, really touching. Absolutely. Um, it looks like he's going to be missed tremendously in the Joe community. And, um, we'd be hard missed if we didn't stop and just, you know, pause and just recognize him right now. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to probably, I, I would imagine we're going to see, uh, quite a few tributes to mm -hmm. him at JoeCon this year. Yeah, one guy even had a suggestion of um, make a bunch of goggles and just sell them to the people attending JoeCon, and the money would go in, you know, to the family. Yeah, that's that's a nice idea. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. I, I I'm sorry, I don't remember who had that idea, so I'm yeah. not trying to steal your idea. Yeah. But someone else had it, but I thought it was a very good idea. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to uh, Robert also because one of our listeners, uh, Kevin, came up with an idea that if Robert has the time, it might be a, a good idea to. Uh, raise some money for the family and also pay tribute to to Gary. So yeah. Um, so I actually uh, recently posted something on Facebook where he's going to be very busy for the next couple of months, and then hit it back with uh, you know commissions and things of that. Yeah, nature. yeah. So, um, but it's uh, yeah, like I said, it's a it's a tremendous loss in the community uh, because he was he was like you said he was a nice guy. I never had the opportunity to speak with him, uh, but. He was definitely somebody that I saw his post constantly on like Joe discussion groups and everything else. And he was always somebody there like helping to promote the brand. So yeah, um, he was on the what's on Joe mind podcast and the, the, the other, um, what the GHO declassifier, not the declassifier. The review. No, there was the other one. Oh, okay. I think it might have been GHO declassifier podcast. I'm okay. I'm not sure. Okay. The other one that those guys do, um, but yeah, he's, he's, he was all over. He's on different discussion groups and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, we we missed. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, moving on on a lighter note, we do have the uh, comic book uh, GIG number one by uh, Karen Travis. Yep. Um, what did you think about it? So yeah, so just initial thoughts. Well, first let's go back to our traditional buy borrow snarf. Um, so just I would, I would buy it, you know, it's it's a it's a number one. It's, yeah. it's GI Joe, so it's got me there. Yeah. Um, I actually enjoyed the story. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a continuation from the last series of GI Joe that we had a little bit. Yeah. So it kind of picks up where that one, you know, kind of stopped, and we had a new writer. So they kind of, um, you know, kept a little bit of continuity, so to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it was a, a definite buy. I was happy to see it get back to it brought G.I. Joe back to being very the IDW G.I. Joe back to being very gritty and real. Uh, yeah. it, this got really real world uh, really fast, which I was happy about. I know there were some people that were just as happy as I was to see that return to that because that's kind of what ID, IDW's continuity started at. Um, and it got a little bit more silly as it, <laughs> it progressed. Um, yeah. but then, uh, there, I know there's some people that were like, yeah, it just doesn't have the fun of GI Joe. And I'm like, yeah, I've already got that with the real American hero, the fun there that I kind of like the gritty real. Now, don't get me wrong. If they came out with a comic book that was more like the danger girl GI Joe, I, would, oh, yeah. I would love that. <laughs> the old devils do GI Joe. Yeah. That, that yeah. Great. I enjoyed that tremendously. Absolutely. Um, I also want to say that uh, our, our uh, boy and fellow podcast host, uh, Robert Atkins, did one of the covers yes. for the G.I. Joe number one, the uh, convention cover. Yes. And that had uh, that had Scarlet on Scarlet. it. Yeah. Yeah. And from what I understand, it was a it was a 
image he had started doing for a cover at another time, and then IDW decided they, that wasn't something that they wanted to use right then. He never really, I don't think he finished it. I think it was just kind of rough start to it to show them what he was looking to do. And then when they started this, they were like, hey, we want you to do the convention cover. And he's like, well, how about that cover that I started working on a while back? And they're like, yeah, that would be perfect. So he just kind of yeah. did the finishing touches that he wanted to do for it. So. Yeah, but being in number one, there were, what, six? Uh, six covers, yeah. Six covers. Yeah, one was a blank sketch cover. Yep, so. I do have that. I in one blank one. Yeah, I do have the blank sketch cover, and we'll be looking forward to having somebody put something awesome on there. So. Yeah, I've got the uh, subscription cover, the Cliff Chan cover, with Baroness uh, behind it, his tank. Very nice, very nice. Um, so we'll just, what we're going to do is we'll cover this issue cover to cover. And, uh, then like I said, afterwards, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, the following issues and yeah. anything else we have time for. So, and it's, uh, just called, uh, the follow GI Joe part one. Yep. So, uh, what I'll do is I'll do some of the synopsis here, just like we do for any of the other episodes. Chuck, feel free to jump in with anything that stood out to you, anything you liked, anything you didn't like, whatever. Um, there's, oh, yeah, sure. there's not a lot really of meat for me to like on each page to really dig panel to panel, but I can cover the synopsis of each page pretty much. So, yeah. um, so on, on the first page here, we're in the, the Caucasus and it's Shlativa, which I never looked up to see if that's a real country. I assume it is. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and it's the Shlativa Galiba Galibi uh, border, and it's 48 hours after ceasefire. So these two countries are are battling it out with each other, and they they call the ceasefire. It's 48 hours after that, um, and we have some guys standing watch, and there's some Cobra vehicles that come in, and they go, uh, "Welcome to Shlativa peacekeepers." So right away you're like. Cobra is a peacekeeper. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like the art in the book too. Um, yeah, works for me. Yeah, it's it's a very loose uh, drawing style, from what I heard. For uh, Steve Kurth, uh, it allows him to just get it done a little bit quicker for himself and everything, from what I heard. But for me, it, it works. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's there's detail to it as well. Don't don't think there's no detail, but there is. But like you said, it's a little rougher. Yeah. But I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then we're in the town of Varenia, uh, Shlativa, the next day, and we have a character, uh, a young male who comes out and says, "What are we doing here?" Uh, and the captain that's in charge says. We're here to, you know, keep the order, and we're going to do some proper soldiering here. And the boy says, "That's this isn't what I signed up for. Is I, you know, I signed yeah. up for fighting and everything else for Cobra." And Cobra recruits, yeah. Yeah, and we find out not too long after that that this is actually Isaac, which, like you said, is the Isaac from the previous series. Yeah, it's Siren's son. Exactly. Uh, yeah. who basically told his mom, I will kill you if you ever do something like turn towards G.I. Joe again. Yeah, and that was the last issue of the previous series. Exactly. So right. I thought it was a very interesting choice to pick him uh, to continue the story. And we really do see a lot of the story, at least on the Cobra side, from his eyes. Yeah, yeah. So he, at the very bottom of the page, he says, I joined Cobra uh, Youth, so very much like Hitler Youth, uh, to fight imperialism, and he says now they're just looking to do a lot of talking. So uh, we then go to the next day, and we're at the uh, airport in Sativa, and it is uh, we have Tomax is there, uh, yeah. Mr. Paoli, and he's Paoli, yeah. yep, and he's visiting uh, the president Bulatov, and he has a problem with this guy named uh, Rashidov, and. Paoli's being brought in to help negotiations with Rashidov and, and help prevent a war from really breaking out because a war will only help America and the allies and they don't want to help America and the allies. So um, they talk about, I found this interesting. I, I'm sure it wasn't done intentionally, but I just kind of like noticing certain things related to past G.I. Joe stories. They talk about, um, you know, we might be able to cooperate over the pipeline. And I remember when Robert and I, too, yeah. yeah, Robert and I t uh, reviewed uh, 
some of the early Marvel stuff, they cover, they talked about uh, a lot of the action happened around the pipeline and everything else. So there's that bird. Um, <laughs> That's my phone. It's ringing. <laughs> there we have uh, the next page. We have Scarlet, and she's holding a, a pistol, and she looks like she's you know got her back against the wall. Just the way the panel shot. Wait, she had drawn. Yeah. Yeah, but we find out that oh, she doesn't need that pistol, and she's basically holstering it. She's about to go in for some talks with uh, Congress and the council yeah. and everything else. Uh, it's like she was in another committee meeting. Yep. And uh, we got Joe Colton is there, and uh, he basically said that he's he's hearing a lot of things as far as that the vultures are circling around to basically take take apart different people from the old GI Joe team and use them for their own purposes. Um, because yeah, it's basically, it's it's a Senate hearing about GI Joe's future, right? Yep. So they they want to trim the budget and trim the fat, and she's there to defend it. Yep. Yeah. And they talk about uh, on the next page, which I you were talking about the art earlier. I absolutely love the art on this next page with the uh, where you see all these characters that have fallen in battle in the past and stuff like that, um, because they're talking about like she says, we've left some gaps, uh, gapped posts unfilled. Yeah. Uh, so she's talking about people that they've lost in the past and you see some big battles that happen. Uh, it's all like this big montage type thing so uh i thought the art looked really cool there oh yeah yeah um so basically she loses <laughs> the arguments in this yeah. meeting like she tries her best she does a good job but it was basically yeah. stacked against her right and then she, uh, she goes into the i guess break room waiting room or something like that and uh spinetti comes in joshua spinetti yep um and I think so he's, he's I think representing he, the with the clandestine operational support. Yeah, and I think he's so the spook. Has to recruit GI Joe for his own purposes and his own team, so to say. Yeah, and I think he's the the spook that uh, that Karen had mentioned in the interview I had with her because uh, mm -hmm. she says she always likes to create a spy. She always likes to create a spook, and I have a feeling because I don't know this character. I don't know if you've heard of this name before in GI Joe, but I didn't recognize it. Yeah. So I think this is somebody that she created be, that's going to be her spy that she plays off of and works with throughout the, the entire series. So yeah, it could be. So, but, uh, yeah, he, he basically says, you know, you know, like you just said there, everyone's looking to, to take apart GI Joe and, and there's, it's just, it's already done. The writing's already on the wall. So uh, then we get to, uh, back to Sativa, and it's two days later, and we have uh, Isaac in his room, and he's getting himself together, and Tomax pays him a visit. And yeah. just asks him how he's doing, you know, what's going on, and he's like, I'm doing well, sir. Basically, he looks like he's, and I don't know if, I assume this is intentional. He almost looks like he's ready to spit in his face <laughs> because he doesn't respect No, he's, at, he's standing at attention. Yeah, but he's, he just has that look like, because I don't think he respects Tomax anymore. Like I'm not picking it up. I think he's just standing there at attention yeah. to a superior. Yeah, I, I, the, I think the reason I took that is because he doesn't respect what Tomax is looking to do. Tomax is looking to talk and make peace and he's like we should be at war we should be fighting so yeah. that's why i took it that way um so he never the one thing i did notice is tomax told siren he's like i will make in an earlier page i will make sure that your son gives you a call because siren says i haven't heard from my mom or i haven't heard from my son right in a while and he's like well i'll make sure that he gives you a call he never says that to her to uh, Isaac. He never says, Hey, your mom says to give him, give a call. Right. So, um, then next page it's two days after the Senate hearing and we're back at the GI Joe base on governor's Island and Scarlet shows up and there's uh, helix. I think it's helix breaker and roadblock. I said breaker. I meant, uh, is it mainframe? Mainframe. Mainframe. Yeah, mainframe. Um, so mainframe roadblock helix and, uh, Scarlet comes in and they're like, so how'd it go? And you know, She's basically like, how'd you think it went? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. yeah, that's what we thought. 
It's um, basically the same crew from the last series. Yeah. With mainframe, Helix, Roadblock, Scarlet. So it's basically the same team. Yeah. That was in special missions. And Helix is upset by what's happening uh, because, you know, she, I mean, she basically just became part of the team. And, and she's just walking off. And now, now it's all falling apart. Um, then we are at the, uh, Cobra consulate in London, which is just cracks me up that Cobra has come this far. They have a consulates in different countries now and everything. Um, they've reinvented themselves is what they've done. So, well, yeah, back in the Marvel run, they had Cobra Island. So we're a sovereign nation. Right. So, uh, here we have the Baroness is approaching Tomax and based on how she is acting, I predict that her and Isaac will join forces at some point in the future. They probably because they, they both want the same thing. Yeah. She's not happy about this whole, like, hey, let's do things through negotiations and let's go through things peacefully. Like, she is not on board with Tomax's plan, and she thinks it's better when they took direct action. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Siren is there, and she's like, "Did you, you know, did you see my son?" And he's like, "Did Isaac get uh, get in touch? I told him to, which is a lie. He never yeah. said that." Um, and she goes, "Oh, he must be busy. Slipped his mind, whatever." And uh, so, you know, the, he's he's working with Siren. He's to, working the system. Yeah, yeah working with Siren to kind of get everything uh, the way he wants it to be. And Baroness is not happy about that. I loved the giant frame, oh, the, mural? the yeah. frame picture, yeah. <laughs> of like the former Crimson Twin commanders, Tomex and Zaymont. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so he's got this big giant painting in his office of him and his brother the way they were. Right. Um, so then we're back to Sativa, and we have uh, Isaac and his buddy John, who were both part of the Cobra Youths, and... He's he's trying to uh, get John to side with him to join forces with Rashidov uh, because he's actually doing something. And he's like, I'd rather be with a group that's actually doing something, taking action, than doing what we're doing right now. Yeah. And John thinks he's crazy, but at the same time, John's willing to follow him. So. Well, even even said like the family sold us out. Yeah. Because they're all the same, even my mother. Yep. He hates his mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now we're back at Governor's Island and we're in a briefing room and we have uh, Flint has joined the group so you know it's going to be good now and <laughs> and uh, we have Scarlet's given a debriefing that they are being sent in to take out uh, Rashidov and she says remove and Flint's like remove and puts a you know Guns, like a gun. Yeah, and puts a gun to his head and like, and she's like, yeah, that's why. And he's and Roblox asks why us, and she's like, deniability. Like we can go in as a small team, take care of this, and the U.S. They can say we had nothing to do with it. Exactly. And to me, that's going to be another way to take down GI Joe. It's like they they can the U.S. government could say, well, this was a rogue team. They they went rogue. So we never sent them out on this mission. So it might not be a good thing that they're going on this mission. <laughs> um, we have mainframe talks with Scarlet. There's still a relationship there, uh, which was cool to see. Uh, we go to the next page and we're in Slativa again. And we have Isaac is getting into a vehicle with John and they're catching a ride. And John says, I must be crazy. And Isaac says, no, you're just doing what's right. They get in the vehicle. I, well, back to the previous page, I don't know if you said it or not, but yep. it looks like Mainframe and Scarlet still have a little romantic... Uh... Yep. They're driving out to go meet uh, Rashidov uh, eventually. Like, they have to be tested and everything else. You know, Isaac obviously just wants to meet him and, right. and everything, but that's not going to happen. Um, we're back in Washington, D.C., And there's the whole, there's this whole conspiracy of stuff going on between now Spinetti, he's talking to some of his contacts and everything else of like what's actually going on, what's happening in the, in that country, you know, and he finds out that, you know, people are being sent out there and 
we don't you, you don't really know if Spinetti's on the side of the good guys or the bad guys or at the this bad point. Guys, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> so uh, we're back in uh, Galiba airspace, Galibi airspace, and it's three days later, and the team is about to drop off, and uh, just as they're about to head you know head out for their mission. Uh, Siren finds a note from her son that says, you know, I've left. I'm no longer uh, going to live the Cobra lie. And uh, we see that Isaac is actually met up with uh, Rashidov. And that's yeah, where the, he quits Cobra. Yep. And that's where the issue ends. Thought it was a good setup issue. Uh, yeah. Not a ton of action. That I think that was my only disappointment in the issue is like G.I. Joe, you expect guns at some point <laughs> yeah but basically like you said it's setting up so yeah we know he was part of cobra he's disgruntled now he left to go join this uh you know guerrilla warfare or whatever yeah and the uh going like just to skip ahead in the future issues what i found out and i didn't mind it because i think it's being done well it's a slow build of a yeah. story um, but it, I don't mind a slow build of a story when it's done well, when there's like a lot of stuff that's building up and there has been some payoffs recently. Like there's been explosions and some stuff that's actually happening now. Oh yeah. So, uh, and we get Duke in the later issues. So you had to be happy about yeah, that. Duke and Big Ben. Yeah. Yep. Which I liked seeing that too. I kind of liked, I liked seeing a, a character that didn't get a lot of spotlight in the past of Big Ben and now he's like an integral part with Duke. So, so that was cool. But Duke isn't really with GI Joe anymore. No, he's like the, uh, an ex, you know, they call him the ex leader of GI Joe, but he's on a private security team. Yeah. He's a traitor. He's hired to locate Isaac, but he doesn't know he's working for Cobra. Yeah. That I found really interesting. I was like, Ooh, he, he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't... Um, I don't think he even knows the last name of Isaac. I think he just knows Isaac and then his... Yeah, you think you're here to find some uh, rich person's kid to get him back at here or something. So. Yeah. It was done very smartly because they make it... Because there was many times where I was like, yeah, but like, why wouldn't he recognize who this kid is that he's going after, that he was part of, you know this whole mission that happened before, but they don't give him enough information for him to know any of that. So no, so. my, my favorite part in the, the other ones is where, um, I, Isaac and John, they're, they're back and forth. They're the two who left Cobra and defected. Yeah. And he, John's making a phone call. He's like, you're not allowed to make phone calls. You can't make a call. You can't check in with your girlfriend. You can't do anything. And he sneaks off and does it. And Isaac confronts him with it. And he just shoots him. Yeah. Isaac just executes his best friend. Yep. That was cold. It was awesome, yeah. but it was cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a nice it's, shocker. It's, that's that's going to be good. Yeah. Um, He's not afraid to, to pull the trigger. And later on, we see he proves himself to Roger Shaw by, um, like, detonating uh, a truck in front of, um, uh, where the hell is it? In, in front of, like, a regional council building or something like that. So he, he designates a, a pickup truck full of explosives there. Yeah. Just to, you know, make a point. Yep. Do you think there's any chance that Isaac will get a code name, and do you think it would be a code name that we'll recognize as Joe fans? Perhaps. Um, I, who would it be, though? I mean, you know? I don't know. I It was just something that popped in my head, but at at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if that's the world we're in right now. Like, where they go, yeah. oh, here's a catchy code name for you, or he even gives one to himself. Like, I don't know if that's the world we're in with this series. Yeah. Like, do you think he might be, like, Firefly or something? Or? No, because, well, we've already had, we already had Firefly in the IDW universe, although we've seen characters pop up before. Pop back in, <laughs> that we thought were already established or dead or whatever, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just wonder if there'll be like some obscure, like later wave character that they'll name him after. Could so, be. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's always a chance. He just seems very psych. He seems very psychotic. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like, right. I wouldn't want to cross him. So no, he seems like he's got a couple of screws loose. Yeah. So, 
Um, but I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was really interesting that they picked Isaac and, and Siren to... Well, and the, the other thing with Duke working that, like, private security team, he's taking that, he's taking the money, yeah. you know, for his, uh, his wife, so... Right. His... They mentioned that. His, his wife that's a vegetable and, and stuff, so... Yeah, catatonic state. Yeah. yeah. That he lied to his Joe team about. That's the kind yeah. of, that's, that's your hero right there. Right. <laughs> That's your hero, all right. <laughs> That's what you aspire to. Now you've read all four issues, right? I have read all four issues, yes. Yeah. 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 Like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying the series. I, I I like it so far. Yeah. But it's, it's only four issues, and it is a, a slower build as far as comic books go. Yeah. But you do get a little bit of you know a little bit of payoff, a little bit of meat. Yeah. I would say that if you're someone that liked the IDW G.I. Joe universe when it first started, and then you kind of dropped it, you know, maybe after the first couple years and you haven't gone back to it, this might be a good place to jump back on and and start reading it again, because I think it'll be to the the taste that you're looking for when it comes to that. Um, Not as much action as the early IDW days, but I think that that's coming. I think that that'll be coming in the near future, so... Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. The GeekCast Radio Network has launched Mask Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Mask Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe talk meets sports talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right. And we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding. Kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. And we. Okay, seriously. This is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. Um, you also read uh, the Snake Eyes, the first issue of the Snake Eyes. Um, oh yeah, Snake Eyes, Agent of Cobra. Yeah, and what do you think about that? Oh, I, I love that. That starts out with action. Okay. I, I actually like this. I told you, um, even though this is one issue, I like this series better than the regular GI Joe. Yeah. It's just more action packed. It's uh, our boy Mike Costa. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, but basically, it's in a nutshell. Destro is being held prisoner, um, and he's rescued out of a transport uh, by Snake Eyes. And so we're like, well, what? Snake Eyes is rescuing Destro. This is crazy. Um, he figures it out. And the whole story is like, it, Snake Eyes is the main character, but he doesn't talk. So right. everyone around him tells you know, the story of what's happening, blah, blah, blah. Right. And basically, Destro and Snake Eyes are there, and he thanks him. He goes, I know, you know, this is not you. This is not your code. It's not what you're doing. You're not for revenge. He goes, what is it? You know, what are you looking for? And he flips in this dossier and snake eyes is actually looking for the Cobra commander, son, Billy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Which that's pretty cool. Cause I remember Billy being established like a while ago. Yeah. Uh, which and we never knew what happened to him. No, we didn't. So that's pretty cool. So yeah, snake eyes flips this and he's like, we're looking for Billy. You know, that's awesome. Because ah, you're looking for the commander's son. You're looking for Billy. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I haven't had a chance to read that one yet, but uh, I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, read when you get a chance. It's it's very good. It's a quick read. Awesome, awesome. Um, so like you said, in the future, we'll cover the Eternity War. Uh, I have Darth Vader number one, which I've already read. It's awesome. I'm not going to say anything more other than that right now, but 
in a future episode, probably we'll cover that. Um, there's the Combiner Wars are coming out uh, for Transformers. There's going to be the death of Snake Eyes in A Real American Hero. I think covering the first issue of that would be awesome. So there's a lot of things that you and I could get together and cover or other listeners can jump on and we can cover. So whenever we get an opportunity to, we, we will definitely have Chuck on more often because he should be on more often. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, scheduling, I mean, with my work and everything like yeah. that, I, I get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning and I got to be at work at 5.30, so it's just... I'm tired. Yeah. I'm old and I'm tired. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of getting old, uh, not too far in the future, you're going to be hitting the big 4 You read that. <laughs> Why the hell would you even say that? Because I'm facing it this year too, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically, um, Jokon. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my uh, that's my birthday's uh, so, right around Joe. So, so far, the plan is that Chuck and I will both be there because it's going to be a very cheap trip. Yeah, um, it'll be very economical. Thank right. you, Robert. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, please try to have my sketch done by Joe Kahn. <laughs> so. My, my G.I. Joe sketchbook and my, my Superman. I, 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 I implore you. Please. Throw a dog about so, um, so yeah, so if you want to come and wish Chuck a happy birthday, maybe buy him a piece of cake or birthday present or, or a beer yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, we'll say hi. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a big birthday. So, you know, make, make the trip, make it special for Chuck. And, uh, yeah, I had to do that to you, buddy. It's, <laughs> uh, I'm, it's it's bittersweet. I I'm not okay with turning forty. Okay. I'm not. It's it's not bothering me, but I I know why it bothers many people. So I'm, you're not knocking on the door. I'm I'm practically there. <laughs> I know. It will happen. I mean, April's a lot closer than October. So. I I know. I know. Um. So other than that, a fast approaching. How have things been? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's been going. It's been a slow ride. Um. Speaking of the personal life here, um, I was had a lot of time off um, because of the job situation, looking for a job, and I also had a lot of time off because I was going to court and obtaining custody of my sons. Yeah. Finally done and situated, so I do have custody, so that's great. Um, so he's living with me now, so that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's great. Uh, <laughs> life changing, you know. Sure. So full time parent all the time now. All the so time, yeah. That, it's good. As it's moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, now that that's been, you know, situated and taken care of, I, you know, getting him to school and getting him adjusted to a new school and, uh, you know, new friends and new teachers and it's just a, a whole process. So yeah. now that everything's, uh, you know, shaken out, I should be back regularly with the podcast and stuff like that. And nice. Try to win myself more to whenever I can. Yeah. You know, give it work schedules and stuff like that. I know you guys like to record at night, and I'm usually in bed by, honest to God, like 10, 10.30. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> uh, well, and like I said... last night, though, and they had the uh, Firestorm episode, which was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. I did. I am enjoying the Flash series a lot. I, I mentioned to you that I loved how they put that device on them, and it spread out, and it looked like the Firestorm. Yeah, like costume, yeah. yeah that was awesome. Um, I'm, in, I'm loving Gotham, and I'm really looking forward to next week. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Gotham is awesome. Where it looks like the Joker is going to maybe may, maybe make an appearance. Maybe. <laughs> Either they're just teasing us. So, uh, um, I'm enjoying Gotham. I'm staying up with all the geek stuff. So I'm reading my comic books. I'm watching my shows. It's just I'm not you know, throwing it out there on the podcast. I'm, I'm on Facebook uh, yeah. you know, on the fan page putting up some pictures and stuff like that random shit that means nothing. random tweets <laughs> random posts and random pics and you know uh, every once in a while you'll post up like you'll post a lot of fun stuff and it's really cool and so and every once in a while there'll just be a post where i'm like what the hell does that have to do with anything even remotely related to the show <laughs> like the one where it was the lady that falling down at walmart the fat lady that fell oh, yeah. in the oh, aisle yeah. at walmart i was like that has Nothing to do with geek-related anything. 
I just saw that and it made me laugh. It still made me laugh. I mean, yeah, it made me laugh, but I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm in the ride-along cart at Walmart, <laughs> reaching over to grab a two-liter, and she just tips it over. Hilarious. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, for random pictures, <laughs> definitely rely on Chuck for those. Um, no, that's cool. Uh, how was your holidays? Cause I, I know how they were, but, uh, the listeners didn't really know. So one holiday, New Year's Eve, Christmas, all, all of them. <laughs> you weren't on since episode 125. <laughs> Thanksgiving was good. I had turkey. Okay. <laughs> Christmas was good. Um, New Year's Eve was New Year's Eve. I didn't really do much of anything. I I, I worked the day before and the day after. So. So you were not uh, up for the lame and went to bed. I was gonna say you were not up for the ball dropping. I assume so. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't bad. <laughs> so get did you get anything cool for Christmas or? Anything fun or just some necessities or? Uh, no, I got a couple of fun things. Um, trying to think of what it was. Um, shit. Because out of the two of us, you're the the reason I say necessities because out of the two of us, you're the more practical person. Oh um, yeah, for sure. So. No, I got um, like my sister, she bought me in. Uh, like an axe set of like the shampoo and the conditioner and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh great. No, don't buy shampoo. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, when I was, I, I got a couple of, uh, star Wars statues, like mini busts. Okay. So I got, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi and, uh, Jedi Luke. Oh, nice. Very cool. So I, I had got added to the collection. I've got like one, two, three, four, five, six, I guess seven so far now. So nice. Yeah. The collection it's is growing. As I say, the collection is growing gradually, but it's growing. Yeah, it's building slowly, but it's building. Yeah, I, I really enjoy collecting those. Um, I haven't really bought too much more of anything else. Yeah. Uh, um, I did buy Chewbacca. Nice. The Black Series. Yeah. Oh, I got the uh, Tie Fighter pilot from you. Right. Right. So you had an extra one of those, so I bought that. Um, but that's about it. I mean, I really haven't seen anything else that I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, I did see some of those Star Wars uh, Hot Wheels, and they've been tempting, but I kind of passed on them. I've got nowhere I'll put them, really. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. That doesn't mean they're not cool. They're just they're really cool, but I've just got really nowhere room to put them. Yeah, you're just like, okay, what do I do with this? What do I do with it, yeah. <laughs> um, so when Robert and I covered the uh, G.I. Joe 50th, and, you know, 50th anniversary episode, we were talking about uh, favorite Joes that we had as far as figures and vehicles and stuff like that. Uh, I know your first figure was Flash, right? Correct. Okay. What were what were some of your other early figures that you had? Uh, the first one I had was Flash. The second Joe I had uh, was actually Ricondo. Okay. Uh, then I got Gung-Ho, which was just awesome. I loved his colors. He was just awesome. And uh, the next one I got was my first Cobra was Storm Shadow. Oh, nice. Very cool. I didn't yeah, know that was my first Cobra. I did not know that. Uh, and then uh, the kid, uh, next door neighbor kid to me, gave me uh, a Cobra Commander because he had like two or three of them. Okay. Because he had a little brother and his mom bought him and the little brother the same figure at the same time. Oh, nice. And the little brother, I guess, lost one, but then he found it and he bought another one. So they actually had three, so he, they, they gave me one. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what about like vehicles? What were some of your favorite Joe or Cobra vehicles? When you were growing um, up, the armored personnel carrier, their APC. Right. That was my first vehicle, and it was my favorite. Um, as far as playability. Yeah. You could put them in it and roll it, and it was a carry case. You could put Joe's in it and carry them around the house and whatever and outside. So that was cool. Um, also loved the hovercraft. I had that. Nice. It was awesome. Nice. Um, also like playing with the uh, the dragonfly copter. Mm-hmm. You just had the little thing on the side. Uh, Gizmo, where you push it back and forth, and the propeller blades spun. That was cool. Very cool. Uh, the playsets, the my favorite playsets I probably had were probably the, either the the headquarters or the battle platform. Okay. Those were the you know ones I had that I played with a lot. Very cool. Now um, I know this is really putting you on the spot with a couple other questions I have for you. So you, you might just not have an answer right now, but it's something to think about for next time to, uh, 
One is, was there, we talked about foul cards and how the, obviously the foul cards were really awesome. Was there any particular foul card things that stood out to you that you still remember, like something that was ridiculous or something that was just really awesome about, and on a particular Yeah, they level? always, the foul cards, if I think back to, they always have a NATO weapon export. I'm like, what the hell is NATO? <laughs> <laughs> As a kid, read these things at like, you know, seven years old, I'm like, what is, what is NATO? Yeah. And I actually went to the school library and looked it up. Okay. Very um, cool. Then I finally figured out what it was. Um, and the classifications, I was always trying to rank my Joes in order of the oh. U.S. Army rank. Gotcha. Very and it didn't really follow the ranking in G.I.J. Like, say, for example, Duke was the commander. Well, he's only a first sergeant. Right. He's really not commanding, you know. Much of anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, that's cool. Very cool. And then... Yeah, that was been save the file cards and I did that and I, I saved them all I cut them and I'm looking back at them because some of them I had and I ended up selling a bunch of them to uh, Aaron from Roman Collectibles big shout out yeah uh, I, I, I cut like a third grader yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> they're all um, chopped know, up every which way yeah. I'm, I'm cutting horribly <laughs> with the scissors and stuff like that some are really hacked and some look really cool and uh, some of them I even kept the whole entire backs to it. I, in the okay. later years, I got kind of lazy and didn't cut them out. I guess I just kept the entire back. Okay, very cool. Now, did you get a chance to listen to top five movies from 1980? I did. Do you have any idea what some of your favorites were? You don't necessarily have to rank them, but like, do you, was there any that you were like, yeah, that's definitely... Yeah, Empire Strikes Back, that's number one. <laughs> okay, good. We can still be friends. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the number one. That's the I, I think I told it before, but that's actually the first movie I went to go see in the theater. Nice. Yeah, my uh, my father took me and my cousin and his dad. So it was two dads and two sons, and we went to go see Empire Strikes Back, and I was just blown away. That's because that's the first time I've seen Darth Vader. That was the first Star Wars movie I saw. Sure. Empire, and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Even, even cool. at five years old, I knew this This is life-changing here. This is the game-changer. So what do you think about Travis putting Popeye as number one? That's that's a horrible choice. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go see Popeye with my mom and sister in the theater when it came out, and it was nothing like I expected. <laughs> it's an okay movie. It's not even, I wouldn't even classify it as a good movie. <laughs> it's, it's an okay movie. It's Robin a movie. Williams, so it's a little bit of a pass for that. But looking back at it, you know, you forget sometimes that that's a musical. Yeah. Oh, it very much is. Yeah. Yeah. You forget sometimes it's a musical. Yeah. I really enjoyed Popeye, but the more I listened back to that episode, I was like, I should have gave him a lot more crap for picking Popeye as his number one. <laughs> but okay. uh, but I was being nice. He's a guest and. You know, nah, he's, he's, he's past guest status. He's a, he's a friend. He's, you can rib on him. He's, yeah. Uh, dude, you, you're on crack, dude. <laughs> um, but, he's, uh, a, he's that baby in the brain. He's, yeah. uh, they're expecting sometimes, and his wife are expecting some yes. in March. So yeah. congratulations to those guys. Yeah. So uh, any other movies that stood out that we mentioned or any ones that you thought of that you were Did like? Rates come out that year. What's one? Raiders come out that year? No, that's on the next year. So, 81. What came out? Uh, so, I had like Flash Gordon was on my list. Um, I, I, I like Flash. Ah. <laughs> I like the song, but yeah. the movie was kind of pokey. Hey, <laughs> that's my number two. <laughs> there was uh, Blues Brothers, uh, Airplane, uh, Caddyshack were on our list. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's one of my favorite comedies. Airplane's okay, um, kind of goofy, but, but I know Caddyshack's goofy too. But shit, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray's awesome. Um, what mm -hmm. I mean, we yeah, there was a whole bunch, but yeah, maybe next time I can send you the link for all the movies that came out that year, and you can kind of put something together for for next time. Yeah. Give, give us your top okay. five. So, uh, but yeah, Robert and I did our in. <laughs> The listeners will hear <laughs> hear this episode already, but episode 142, Robert and I do our top five movies from 1981, so you could also put that list together. Um, but yes, Raiders of the Lost Ark came out in 81, so you can imagine 
right now the listeners already know that was my number one and that was Robert's number one for 1981. So, so go figure. But, um, and we both agreed that anyone that does not have Raised the Lost Ark as their number one movie from 1981 is, it's not accepted. So, well, I don't know because I got to see what's actually going on with uh, 81. So I don't know what other movies there are. Yeah, I know. We'll we'll see. I, I I would be let's put it this way. I would be very surprised if Raiders wasn't your number one movie from that year. So well, do you see the Big Bang Theory where um, Amy Farrell yes. kind of wrecked Raiders of the Lost Ark for Sheldon? Yes, and we actually mentioned that on the episode, I believe, if I remember. Yeah, right. where there's really Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones plays no, you know, direct. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some truth to that, although the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, some of these things wouldn't have set in motion, though, if he wasn't involved. So, um, But I, I definitely see the argument and the reasoning behind it. Yeah, I'll go ahead and look at uh, 81 and see what other movies are out there, but like I said, I, I'm not really sure. I don't want to pick anything yet. But yeah, no, I don't blame you. It's, it's fair enough. The one that came out then, I don't know. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> but, but no, fair mm-hmm. enough. Absolutely. I wouldn't want you to pick something and say, yeah, that's definitely it, but... Uh, I know you can do that with Empire Strikes Back because, come on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll look forward to hearing that from you in the future. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the forumforgeeks.com. Uh, we just had a new member join the forums there, so that's awesome. And uh, you can... Uh, Follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. You can send us an email. It's Star Joe's Podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, uh, 440-941-JOES. You can like us on Facebook. We're getting very close to 500 people like uh, liking us on Facebook. We're getting close to 600 people following us on Twitter, so that's pretty awesome. Um, please leave us an iTunes review. That would be amazing. Uh, we're on the GeekCast Radio Network, and you can also find us on Stitcher Radio. It's a free app for your mobile devices. So um, that's everything. Chuck, uh, anything else you wanted to plug or anything else you wanted to throw out there before we call it a day? Uh, no, I think you pretty much covered everything. Um, it's nice to be back. Glad to be back. Hope to be back more in the future. Um, like you said, uh, GCRN, um, you, know, you can vote for us. Uh, or one of the podcasts you can vote for. I don't know if any other people did, but I did. Yeah. So I voted for us. <laughs> I, I did too. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. See you later, guys. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. He'll stay till the fight's won. Get the rapid fire motorcycle. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Ow! He did it! You've not seen the last of Cobra. G.I. Joe and Cobra the Enemy, each sold separately from Hasbro.